the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. And as promised, before the beginning of the show, we have, we are so thrilled to have Steve Cuzo, who is a beloved columnist for the New York Post, and we've had him on before, and nobody knows New York like he does. He's also a lot of fun, and his podcasts are great. Um, they're called Cut the BS. Uh, hi, Steve. Hi, Dottie. Thanks for saying that. But it's true, <laughs> but it's true. And in the beginning of the Glad show... I have one fan out there. Yeah, oh no, no, no. In the beginning of the show, I was, I was telling... Um, our listeners, that, uh, you know, I was with some radio people yesterday. Uh, they're from various, and they were, we were just talking, and they were saying, you know, that the podcast is, you know, they're so big now, and I was, and social media and all that is so big now that even if you don't want to participate in it, you need to know about it. <laughs> and uh, you, mean, you mean my Cut the BS segment, Dottie? Yeah. yeah they're, they're not podcasts. They're, they're videos. They're, they're they, videos. Well, they, on the uh, New York Post website, <laughs> and um, uh, there, there's something else. <laughs> and you can go on any time you want, and you can um, see them. And, and uh, people, that's what people want today. I mean, just, really... just go, just go to nypost.com, and in the search box, type in my name, C U O Z Z O, and the word video, and it'll take you right to all the videos that I've done. Did you get that? We have to do that again. Say that one more time because really, they're wonderful. You just do have to go there. Okay, go to the go to the, go to the New York Post website, which is nypost.com, and go uh, go to the search box, which is very easy to use. Type in my name, C U O Z Z O, and type in the word video, and it'll go right to all the videos that I've done. Great, uh, great, very because, easy, and they're great. A lot of fun. So, what's new? What do you think is going on? Is it what that we should know? What have you? Uh, you know, I I actually was listening to somebody from the post because I got here early, and the show was before me, and uh, they were talking about where to go in New York City, and this, they had this guest on, and she said, uh, "Oh, I think you should go to nude. I think it was uh, nude yoga." Or it's like some yoga classes that you... <laughs> Nude uh, yoga, huh? Yeah, that you... And anybody goes and, like, it could be of every age and it doesn't really matter. And uh, so I, they said, well, is that legal? And uh, <laughs> they, they said, yeah, because it's health. 
It's health. Oh, it's health. It's all it's about health. health. <laughs> well, look, it's, it's, it's fine by me if people want to uh, perform uh, nude uh, yoga. Uh, I mean, I don't uh, participate in yoga of any type, <laughs> or, you know, fully clothed or in costume or anything, uh, because it's just something that's never interested me. I, I, always, I, I think it's uh, weird and strange, actually. Well, it's not something I'm participating for, but if it's legal <laughs> and, they, and that's what they like, uh, then, you know, and I guess she was saying, yeah. And I think uh, nude yoga, this is New York City, and I, I think that nude yoga is a lot more uh, sort of uh, normal than uh, a lot of the uh, activities that go on out there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so people having public sex, what does that mean? <laughs> so I guess you're, you're referring to my the most recent video I did, right, yes. Dottie? Yeah. So my the last video I did, which went up online about two weeks ago, and it's still there. It'll be it'll be there. So forever. you should go on Where, this. It's interesting. I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's an over. You know, these videos aren't to be taken literally, and and, and they're, they're supposed to be fun. And so last summer, there was this infamous video went up on YouTube that showed uh, uh, a couple, young couple humping on the subway, and, and, and they're sitting on the seat, and, and the girl's on top of the guy, and they're going up and down. And it was hilarious, and, and it looks real. Uh, maybe it was staged, but it, it looked real. And the funniest part about it was that you see the other people in the subway car, and right across from this you know, sex act, there's like a guy who's lying down, looking, he's asleep or he's unconscious. And then there's another woman sitting there reading a newspaper or a book as if nothing was going on. So maybe yeah. it was real, maybe hmm. it was elaborately staged, but it's very funny. And I thought, you know, and this is especially true last summer, I do see more public displays of affection and over-affection than I've ever seen. I've lived in the city almost all my life, and I've never seen uh, what goes on now. People are sort of uh, bumping and grinding everywhere, and, and not only just, you know, kids. And I thought, well, let's have a little fun with this. And so, <laughs> so I made a video complaining about people, you know, keep it private, for God's sake. Well, I kind of think that you should, <laughs> uh, but sometimes, I guess, uh, just can't be helped. But I also think that in the city, like, I guess you're so used to seeing everything that well, nothing phases me anymore. I mean, there's really nothing that phases me. So well, I, I'm going I'm to turn serious for a moment, if, I, if, if, if that's okay, Dottie. And, and I think that it's true. And we've all become so hardened and inured to the sight of um, suffering on the streets um, you know, people who are obviously mentally ill and, and, and they're spending the freezing night outdoors and, and, and you can't tell whether they're alive or not, that it occurs to me sometimes that we've become so accustomed to this that if, if you were to walk by someone who is truly dead um, or, or, or somebody without a head, you know, like a war victim, that... I think that too many of us might just sort of think, well, you know, it's basically the same as what we've seen, and just kind of keep on keep, walking. Keep walking, yeah, yeah. And that's really sad. I mean that, and I think that you're correct on that. Um, I, I, I can tell you that I've also experienced the opposite, and I think Jerry can tell you we have a friend in common who, unfortunately, is not alive anymore but had a heart attack uh, while Jerry was mm -hmm. with him right in the middle of the city so, in downtown. And a woman out of nowhere 
just out of nowhere, was walking and saw him on the ground and stopped and gave him mouth-to-mouth recitation. And he was, he, he ended up, by the time the ambulance, he would have been dead if this woman didn't do what she did. And mm-hmm. I guess they couldn't even find her to thank her. So she saved his life. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's, that's wonderful. She, she, definitely, <laughs> she definitely saved his life. And when I, there was so much commotion that when I looked for her as they were loading him into the ambulance to get her name, because I knew that our friend would want to thank her, she had kind of disappeared into the crowd. And I thought, and Dottie, you said to him, you know, that was your angel. And, and I think I it was did. really true. And an angel came by and, and shined on him and uh, saved his life. Unfortunately, he, he subsequently passed. But it really renewed my faith in New Yorkers. It really did. I, I have great um, faith I, in I New was, Yorkers. I, I, I witness, um, I don't know about mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. I, I've never witnessed that. But on an average day, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I, I do see uh, going to and from work or wherever, all kinds of small acts of, of generosity and, and selflessness and, um, you know, uh, uh, even simple things with a smile, people being offered seats on the subway by someone younger, I, which I approve of, although <laughs> when, the, when they start offering me their seats on the subway, I have another <laughs> I have some mixed emotions about that. <laughs> no, but Steve, I will say in the last couple of years, that whole, I mean, I see more and more homeless people. Um, on the streets, and then you hear stories, and so you don't know if they're true. And they'll say, "Oh, like somebody will tell me, well, that that guy is not a real guy. He just, he just." And I think it's a crisis. And I, and I think, and I do agree. We've gotten immune. I don't want to say immune to it, but you see it all over the place. So after a while, I don't know. Well, I, I do have the feeling, and, and Dottie, you're one of the world's leading experts on this subject as the head of uh, Douglas, Douglas Elliman Real Estate, is that whenever I see advertising for new apartment buildings, um, they always promote themselves now, as, as we know, with um, all these built-in amenities. There's a screening room, there's a wine room, there's a dog run, there's a you know swimming pool, there's this, all these special uh, features that are designed to make uh, not only the super luxury new buildings, you know, like the the 157s of the world and 432 Park mm-hmm. Avenue with its own dining room, but even more modest projects. Um, and I get the impression that some of this is for aimed at families and people who don't want to be out on the street for these very reasons. In other words, they're attracting their marketing to people, not only foreigners, but to Americans as well, who understand that the city is safe from crime, but it still can be a very unpleasant place. And what with homelessness and, 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 you know, failure to pick up garbage on the streets and all that kind of thing, that they'd rather stay in. And the Well, more... I, I, I kind of semi-agree, but disagree, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do think, I look at the city and it gets me crazy, and especially if I'm driving here on a Saturday when there's not so much traffic and I can see the garbage. And I go to other cities, and I'm like, why is New York City not as clean? Every other city I go to, I'm in Chicago, it's immaculate. because they And they need to start, I think, finding people for littering. But in any event, there is a... There's a whole thing about, and I think Faith Popcorn, and she wrote this book years and years and years ago, and it was about when the world starts to become violent or scary, people nest, and they want to stay in places that they're comfortable in and that they know, so they tend to go to the same restaurants that are local, they tend to be around what's what's comfortable for them and what they know. And I think that also if you look at the millennials, 
they're very into that. They're into all the rental apartments, wherever they're going to live, that there are places where they can gather with people. And then if they choose not to, they don't have to, but it's there. So I think it's part of a trend in, in many ways uh, that I see happening. Whereas I thought, I think maybe 15, 10, 15 years ago, people were like, okay, so let me just be as far away as I can from everybody. And right. I, so, so I think it's a combination. And I think we live in a crazy world. I mean, and so you have to look at whether it's New York or any place else. I mean, we had, thank God the people were amateurs, but we had two terrorist attacks that, thank God, didn't, could have been a lot worse. So I think people are leery about a lot of things. And when you, or leery, then you want gated communities, <clears throat> and you kind of want to be more around things you know. And gated so, communities, wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's but what that's we need in Manhattan. <laughs> well, the truth is, you, well, you're not going to get them in Manhattan, but but it's <laughs> what you see with the buildings. It really is similar to what a gated. I mean, when you have a building that has all those amenities, they have you know a party room, they have a pool, they have a rooftop deck, they have uh, just a place where you could just go and read books. Well, what they do, and, and millennials, if they're asked, like those qualities where people can just hang out and not have to, and not have to go anywhere, mm. not have to drive or walk. Mm. So, what do you say, Ace? You're 32 years old. <laughs> how, how old? Guess, guess, Stephen. What did you say? 32. What did that? <laughs> well, he's a, a true millennial. Well, so I always ask on his because I that's a lot too of the bad tr- because I'm 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 over millennials. I've, I've moved on. Steven, you seem like a, a millennial yourself, so you're okay. <laughs> I once upon a time was. Well, once everybody long, was. Once upon a long time ago. Only we didn't call them millennials then. We just called them, you know, young people striving for a better career in life. Oh, that's a good... That's well, a, that's good because they don't want to be called millennials. I don't know. So someone told me they don't want to be called millennials. I said, well, what do they want to be called? They said nothing. I mean, they, you know, the, the way we classify all these different groups, you know, of... But in any way, you you also have what what's your restaurant? What what restaurants have you found to be expert? What's new? Yeah, good new ones. You know, the scary thing is there aren't that many new restaurants that that I think are really great, and and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, and uh, but it's not because you know the rent is too high. You hear this, you know, not crap all the time. Of course, the rent is sometimes too high, but. That's not why uh, uh, we're seeing less uh, creative uh, cooking here, I think. It's just, you know, these, these things like the weather, they move in seasons, and, you know, it's too easy to say, well, things are great now, and then three months from now, things aren't so great. That, that's just the way things change. But, I mean, in, in the world of good, really good new restaurants right now, um, there are, uh, I love the grill. Uh, the uh, grill, the, the bar room of the former Four Seasons. I think it's uh, fabulous. Um, the, uh, they've opened a restaurant called uh, Lobster Club, which was which is where the old brasserie was on, on the other side of the Seagram building. Right, right. Um, the uh, I'm a huge lover of uh, the two restaurants downtown in the uh, Beekman Hotel uh, uh, Temple Court. Uh, which is Tom Colicchio's restaurant, and uh, Augustine, which is uh, Keith McNally's restaurant. They're magnificent. They've totally changed 
the the dining world in, in you know in FIDA, I hate that name, but you know what we used to call the financial district. And uh, look, if, <laughs> if we can call the meatpacking district <clears throat> the meatpacking district when there hasn't been any meat there for ten years, <laughs> you can certainly call the financial district the financial district, and there still is a lot of financial. There districts really there. still is. Um, but but um, there's. Um, uh, 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 Masa, the chef of you know the great Masa Time Warner Center, opened a uh, Japanese uh, restaurant called Tetsu T E T S U, which is um, oh I forget it's downtown I'm sorry I forget what street it's on, which was three years in the making and which has some great um, slightly stylized uh, Japanese cuisine um, uh, in Brooklyn. There's a marvelous restaurant called Meta, M-E-T-T-A, uh, which is open fire cooking. It's in Fort Greene. Um, and uh, the, the truth is there are a lot of new restaurants that I just haven't had time to get to yet. Um, but there's a lot of mediocrity out there. And you know what? That's not uh, My food world peers will hate my saying this, but that's not necessarily a totally you know terrible thing because most people – in New York, you know, we think of New York with one of the world's most sophisticated and adventure-craving food cities, which, which we are. But you know what? You know what the most popular, you, you read in, in the papers and online and everywhere about what's hot in food, and you would come away with the impression that, you know, what people really want are these very weird, esoteric Korean places uh, in, in Queens and, and some some brand of uh, Japanese cooking that we've never seen before or vegan cuisine by some chef who, who really, <laughs> really ought to know better. The truth is that the most popular restaurants in New York are steakhouses. If you just count the number of seats, add up the number of seats in all the restaurants, and, I, and I've done it. I, I don't have the data with me. Um, ordinary steakhouses of whatever quality are the most popular restaurants. They fill their seats all the yeah, time. Yeah, and I kind of was reading that there's a trend that going forward, 2018, you're going to have more and more more people be e- eating meat. And I and if I if I remember, you would know better than me, but if I remember correctly, maybe 10, 12 years ago, you were around there, there was this whole thing against meat, okay, <laughs> not to me. There's always a thing against okay. meat. If you pick up the New York Times uh, on almost any uh, Wednesday, not last Wednesday when they actually had a good meat story, but usually <clears throat> you get the impression, not only New York City, the whole country is abandoning meat, you know, it's destructive, it's beef is, uh, it kills you by, the, by age 25. It's full of bacteria, this, that, the other thing. It's destroying the environment. It's, it, it's adding to the problems with the greenhouse gases, all this stuff. It's exploitative. And so as a result, we're supposed to believe people are turning away from that style of, of food and cooking and they're embracing, you know, grass. They're embracing, um, you know, exotic brands of tofu and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> It's all. Bull- I've even read stories claiming that in supermarkets around the country, they can't sell what they call the middle of the store, meaning the canned goods and all that kind of stuff, because the only thing anybody wants is, is fresh produce. Well, it's you know, I, I, it's baloney. It's just not true. I mean, the country, as you say, eating more meat than ever before. I, I totally believe that, I do and that too. includes women. You know. A, 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 a lot of... Uh, right, that whole lot is like a cliffhanger. They're taking a quick break, and we'll be right back with Steve Cuso. Okay. We'll be right back. 
At the Home Depot, free carpet installation means free carpet installation. And free includes clearing out furniture, ripping out old carpet, hauling it away, even carpeting stairs with no hidden fees. Free installation on carpet $699 or more means free installation. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid on carpet priced $1 or more per square foot. Specialty items may be priced separately. License numbers available at homedepot.com slash license numbers including New Jersey 13VH0927500. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. The National Guard for me was a perfect fit. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I didn't find that in the normal day-to-day life. I didn't find that working behind a desk. I realized being hands-on and being a soldier was something that would keep me active, keep me outside, keep me in the, that team environment that I craved and that I needed so much. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just ice on the cake. I wanted to be in Boise, Idaho. I wanted to be home. The National Guard gave me the opportunity to stay right where I was to serve my country and my community, and it was the best of both worlds. I grew up flying bush planes in Alaska with my dad. I was fortunate enough to get my pilot's license. I wanted to be in helicopters. I wanted to be a crew chief. The Army National Guard gave me a chance to fly helicopters now instead of fixed-wing aircraft. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. Hey, Butch, all I ever see you eat is raw meat, whiskey, and an occasional bowl of rusty nails. Now, I know you're tough, but with your diet, what's your secret to avoiding uh, the flu? Jim, this is between us. You hear? Uh, Sure, Butch, you can trust me. Well, I take balance of nature's fruits and veggies. I take them on the go or under the table when no one's looking. It's the only way I'd ever get over 10 real servings of fruits and vegetables. Is it like a vitamin or something? No, it's food. They only use real whole ingredients. Not that isolated or synthetic crap you get with all the other guys. This is real stuff, Jim. Real stuff. They sell direct to consumers and ship right to your door, free of charge. Well, Buckaroo, how do I get them? Call them at 1-800-2468-751. Write it down, Jim, before someone sees me. It's 1-800-2468-751. Or go online to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code WEST for a special offer. Want more AM970 The Answer? Go to am970theanswer.com to listen live. Tune in to podcasts from the shows you missed anytime you want. Learn more about our advertisers. Join the AM970 Fan Club and sign up for events. am970theanswer.com. Today, Seton Hall takes on their longtime Big East rivals, the Georgetown Hoyas. This is Dave Popkin. Join me along with Gary Cohen for all the action. 11.50 pregame, high noon for Seton Hall and Georgetown on our sister station, AM570, The Mission. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back and we're with Steve Cuso, who is the beloved columnist for the New York Post. And uh, he does a lot of great videos on the on the post, if you go on their website, which he'll give it to you again before you, <laughs> before he departs, leaving us. Okay, because we're you know we're coming to the end of a show. Time goes so quickly when you are 
talking to someone very interesting with some really interesting things. And you are in the middle of talking before we broke, and so I want you to finish up what you were talking about. Well, we were talking about um, about restaurants and what people in this country and, and in New York City really prefer to eat. And <laughs> the, I, I was making the point that um, <clears throat> most people in New York, what they really want is steak, and they want Italian food. And um, while, you know, it's fine to read about, here's some new, uh, a new uh, downtown Japanese or Korean restaurant where you sit at a counter and uh, the chef does all these strange and new and different things. That counter, we read about this all the time, and that counter may have 12, 15 seats, and that's it, and a handful of tables. Um, the, the, I've always believed that the food and restaurant uh, media has long been overly biased and oriented in favor of esoteric styles of cuisine. It's a very elitist um, uh, point of view. Uh, uh, where uh, 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 a lot, many of my fellow uh, food writers are just not really interested in, you know, somebody's opened a new Italian trattoria. And the truth is, I'm not either. Because if you're writing, about, whether you're a critic or just a feature writer, um, you want to write about something that's new. And while, you know, it's okay to say, well, somebody opened a big new fish restaurant, an American restaurant with a lot of seafood, fine. And you think, but yeah, but it's just another American seafood restaurant. So while in, if, if you could review that restaurant as a consumer service, um, that's okay. But writing about restaurants as a consumer service, this is the, the weird part, is the most boring way to cover restaurants. It's probably the most valuable. It does more good for more people in terms of informing them in advance what you can expect at this restaurant. But it's the, it's the least interesting. And I suspect it may even be the least interesting for readers because, you know, in restaurants they believe more word of mouth. And uh, whether it's, you know, literally word of mouth or whether they're reading Yelp uh, or any of the other online sites, um, more so than they care about what reviewers have to say. So, well, you know. so you're, you're saying, I'm trying to, like, I mean, that was kind of a long synopsis but what you're saying if i have it correctly is like i'm going to go to something a friend of mine tells me about but but i do agree with you i mean i think that people that live in the city really don't don't really go that far they have their <laughs> place i mean I, I think that they go to the places that they go to and you know it's totally. not, and then maybe when a uh, you know, somebody comes from out of town, like a some friend of yours that lives in Ohio or someplace. So some, then they might, like I just had somebody that's you know from Texas who's you know runs the NAR, the National Association, and they were in town next week, and they're like, Daddy, we always go with the Rainbow, I think, or the Twenty One Club, but it's closed. Their pipes are broken. What do you <laughs> recommend? And of course, you know. So what's important to them? I don't know if it's only the food. It's kind of they want a oh. label place. And I think you're right, but I think most people, it's really the atmosphere, the food. It's where they – and it's also what makes, I think, easy. I think people in New York, like, after a while, I mean, unless you're, like, 20, I think you just kind of mm. go to places that are close. That that, are, you made – okay, unless you're 20. This is exactly the point that, that I would make, that in New York City, maybe more than anywhere else, there's an incredible divide between young and old – and between the single and the married and, and people with families. And, you know, I, I know millions of people 
who are young. I'm, I'm in my 60s, you know, and I'm going to be 68. And a lot of our friends are in their 30s. And my, many of my colleagues at the New York Post are in their 30s. And I know their habits and, and their tastes very well. It's amazing to me how, how most of them don't, even when they're like 31 years old, don't want to really go beyond the neighborhood, except maybe on a weekend night. Right. Their, their lives are complicated. They have kids. Um, they've got all sorts of things they're dealing with in their lives. And this notion of like the free-spirited New Yorker, oh my God, I've got to get somebody who lives in, in Williamsburg saying, oh my God, I just read about this incredible new place in Upper Manhattan. Uh, you know, let's, let's go. It, it exists but it's wildly overstated. Most people don't go very far. See, like, and I agree with you, and I think that's New York City, but I also think it's outside of New York City. I think that people stay much closer to, for, for lots of reasons, uh, you know, and some of them just for the fact that it's convenient, that it's easy. It's also winter now, so it's freezing. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't, that's another reason you want to stay close. But, but also, I think also because people don't venture as far as they, I think that they, and they, and they like what's familiar. So I was just in Palm Beach, and of course, they opened this whole shopping center. It's all the same restaurants as New York. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just new, and, you know, and I'm, they, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, Okay, so this is great, but it's all—it's really to also branding. I mean, you, if you've gone there in New York, whether the food is great or not, you kind of know it. You feel comfortable. You feel it at home. It's something that you know, and so you know. I, I think that you're absolutely right. I don't know that it's boring to read about new things, but I—I I don't know how how, much, how many times you want to go to a restaurant that has some weird kind of menu. I mean, maybe you do it once here or there, but it's not something that you do, can go to all the time. Do you like to go to weird kinds of, of, no. of, uh, of restaurants? No, not really. Honestly, no. Okay, I think, I, 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 I think Steve's I'm, right. I mean, the trend definitely, um, you, know, you don't really see too many high-end restaurants anymore, like White Tablecloth. They just ranked um, the top number one restaurant in New York City, 11 Madison again. So you mm -hmm. don't really see new competition coming in. And I think the trend now is less is more, you know, where the food is a lot more simpler. And people are just looking for a, a good, a good tasting meal. Well, I, I, I disagree with part of that. It's certainly, they're taking off the white tablecloths, you know, and, they, and they're yeah. simplifying the looks of the dining room. But <clears throat> people who go to restaurants and spend money in restaurants, they don't really want things to be simple. You say they, things are simple. They don't. Really, they want the appearance of simplicity. It's a big, big difference. And so after the crash of '08, when the market crashed, there was a terrible recession. You know, everybody was all that stuff, right? <clears throat> the restaurants that benefited the most in the immediate aftermath of that, it's hard to believe, were steakhouses again. And the reason for that is that it make, it's counterintuitive and it makes no sense. People were trying to save money they were, you know, watching their wallets after the crash, even if it didn't affect me and my, right. you know, that, that kind of thing. And so they were, they were not going to the more esoteric restaurants, the new ones, which is why they all failed back in those three-year period. But they went to steakhouses. Now, what's insane about that is that the steakhouses are just as expensive and maybe more expensive than esoteric brands of Japanese and French and and and. and you know, other cuisines and, and, and Italian. But what made people go back to steakhouses was the appearance of simplicity. It's a weird psychological thing where if you spend a hundred bucks on a steak in a steak restaurant, you feel somehow that you're not 
<clears throat> cheating as much. You're not being as profligate as if you spent that hundred dollars on a meal in a restaurant that is, you know, uh, uh, you know, outer limits kind of restaurant. And and if you talk to anybody in the business, chefs and owners, they'll tell you the same thing. That's really interesting. Makes, but it, but it makes sense. It's it's, it's really interesting. But <laughs> I, have, I, I have a lot I get, of interesting ideas. Yeah, so you'll have to come on. You'll have to. I mean, I can't. I mean, I have a whole things I could ask you. I could have you. You'll have to come on again. Donnie, you should come out with me sometime. I'll take. You, I'll show you some of these weird. I would love that. I would love that. I would love that. But I, I'll never forget. I was someplace, and the guy was. I don't know. He had some kind of weird kind of meat, like oh, like something like. Uh, some weird animal, okay? And I was like, no way. And the guy, the chef, took really offense to that, me. I said, no way. Look, I, I don't want to eat something like that. I mean, I mean, I just don't. I'm not so daring, okay? And there's certain things that I just, like, you know, even deer. I'm like, I, I grew up with Bambi. I can't yeah. do that. Well, I have a hard time with a lobster. I, I love, I'm like, I, I yesterday somebody, somebody said to me, do you... Do you, do you know? Do you, or especially, do you want lobster tonight? And I'm like, well, like, are you going to have those eyes on there? Uh, you, I don't want to see two eyes pop up. Okay, right. so I, I, there's something to that. But I would love that. I would like you to come back. And for everybody, um, you should really. Keep up and read if you're not already everything that Steve does and writes. It's really a lot of fun. It's interesting. And it's and it's good. It's great. And thank you so much for being here. Hey, Dottie, thanks so much. It's always fun All to right. be All right. Stay show. warm. You too, okay? Thanks, Thanks, Steve. guys. Take care. Oh, he's always great. I mean, I love, I love, I love, I love talking to him. So I, I really have to do get financing in because, you know, with Citizens Bank and all the financing going on, I have to ask Ace to say where. Okay, what are the rates at now? Like four two five for thirty. Still, still very low, Daddy. It's still at four and a quarter. If you have really good credit, you could probably get around three point seven five today. Really? Yeah, three point. So the rates are good. The rates, rates are, are good. Rates are great. Okay, so so the the rates are really good, and people. I I I I was reading something that people are starting to take. Equity out, but uh, again, I'm using equity to finance certain things. Yeah. Is that, that happening again? Home equity line of credits are more popular than ever. Um, okay, people are and, using it for fixer uppers, you know, yeah, home repairs. And those, so, but, but how is it different than it was? Because those are the things they said got us into trouble. Because I remember when the market went down, people had taken so much equity out of their home that then the value went down. And they, Definitely. They, so you have to be yeah, kind spent of... spent all their equity. Yeah, yeah so, so, you, so, so they're not, not letting you... are not able you, to finance 100% of your equity. Perfect, perfect. You're, you're only able to finance about 70 to 80%, right? So, and, yeah. and you're still very... You know. We have a break, but what I wanted to go over with Ace after the break is what you are judged on on getting a mortgage. I mean, it was like a question, like, so that you really know what the banks are looking at and what you're going to be judged on when you're going to get a mortgage so that you know to have that all right, you know, you know exactly what you need and what you need to do if you're not in that in the right place. Um, we're going to be right back and with the attributes that you are judged on for getting a mortgage with ACE. Nineteen men attacked our country. You'd be the first to fight back. On January nineteenth comes the declassified true story. We're on our own, fighting fifty thousand Al Qaeda fighters of twelve fathers, brothers, soldiers. If we fail, what happened back home is going to happen again. 
who volunteered to fight. How do you love your family and leave them to go to war? And gave us a reason to hope. From the producer of Black Hawk Down. I ain't losing one, man. 12 Strong, the declassified true story of the horse soldiers. January 19th, rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Relying on checking your credit to help protect you from identity theft? You're kind of walking through life with blinders on. <clears throat> Parking meter. That came out of nowhere. Because there are many kinds of identity theft you can still get blindsided by. Look out! Bike messenger. Didn't see him coming. Like someone getting an online payday loan in your name or selling your personal information on the dark web. Open manhole. That snuck up on me. LifeLock sees more. We use proprietary technology to detect a range of identity threats. And if you have a problem, a U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can spot threats you might not see coming. Horse-drawn carriage! Sheesh. Memberships start at $9.99 a month, plus applicable taxes. Now get 10% off. Go to LifeLock.com and enter promo code NEWS. That's promo code NEWS. LifeLock. More detection, more protection. Protecting data across modern decentralized networks presents challenges that traditional backup solutions can't handle. At best, you'll waste time and money managing multiple solutions. At worst, gaps in coverage will leave your data vulnerable. Barracuda Backup is a single cloud-integrated solution that simplifies the backup process and allows data replication to anywhere on your network, a private cloud, Barracuda's cloud, or to the AWS public cloud. Reclaim your data. Try Barracuda Backup free at barracuda.com backup. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, humanitarian rights instead, maybe and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8.30, right after Morano in the Morning on AM 970. The Answer. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Um, we're we're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Water Superb, Water Superb and Jerry Feeney. Um, we just had uh, Steve Cruzo on from the New York Post. He was great. He's always fun. No? Um, yeah, he's an interesting guy. He really knows the city very well. Yeah, he he's really knows. Passionate about it. He's yeah. opinionated, which is good. <laughs> he's very opinionated. Well, you know, it's nice to be opinionated yeah, no, that's sometimes. Good. As long as you can respect other people's opinions, you don't have to agree with them. But I always say, like, respect that other people. And then we live in a country that you have the right to do that. Um, I thought we would go back to something that's really pretty simple, like that that uh, we did at the beginning of the show with the realtor and what's a broker. Even though it's simple, a lot of people really don't know the difference. And I thought we would go back to if you're going to apply for a mortgage or like what are the six attributes that you are judged for to get a mortgage? So I thought that I would 
list them, and Ace, you can kind of give us a yeah. little. So one is your credit score, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. So I had, and I don't have it with me, and maybe I'll bring it next week, but I had, well, the average credit score for home buyers has increased, believe it or not, seven points year over year. From 734 to 741. Yeah. And I will bring it next week and I will send it to you. You can talk about it. I have the actual breakdown of the average millennial, the average baby boomer, the all the different – their credit scores. Oh, so many people care about their credit score, Dottie. It's, it's unbelievable. So. Okay. So in 2017, the share of homebodies with credit scores under 640 was less than 3%, which is really nothing. Yeah. So they're going to look at your credit score. They will. What is, what should you know about that? What's a, so, a fairly acceptable credit score? So in terms of credit scores, you know, the, the I guess the rule of thumb is if you have a seven twenty credit score or higher, then you're in you're in the the average, right? So anything below seven twenty, you, you're not you're not going to get the best rates. So you know what I would say is you know what. I guess Dan Sater, when he comes on, you know, he's always saying, you know, check your credit at least once a year so that you know exactly where you are. Even if you're not looking to get a mortgage or you're not looking to take out a car loan, it's always good to 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 take a health check on your credit and just know that, you know, was there a mistake on your credit report? Are they is there a bill that you just missed on on the payments? It's good to just get that free credit report once a year. So. Okay. But you're saying if I'm going to be um, in the in the market, uh, if I'm going to be looking to get a mortgage in the next year or so, I should have a credit score. Of- you should have a credit score of around 720. You know, the best way to build up your credit score is to actually have three trade lines. So that's three credit cards. Um, you know, most people they'll have either two or one, and and sometimes they feel as if they just use that one. I guess American Express card and just charge ten thousand dollars a month. That's great credit. Um, what banks usually look at is three trade lines. So you kind of want to break it up into three different credit cards and just use the minimum payment. So you're not maxing out your credit card where if they allow you a $5,000 limit, you're not u- utilizing the whole $5,000. You're maybe utilizing around you know, $500. Okay. Now then the second thing they look at is debt to income. If you can explain that. Yeah. Debt to income is re- basically your overall annual um, yearly income. And then it's divided by your total liabilities, meaning your car payments, your credit cards, or and your new mortgage housing payment. So they'll take your annual income, divide it by your total debt. And then so that'll you take come your income, your, let's just say it's $100,000, and then they'll look 12. at your debt. Correct. So they'll look at your car payments, your... Your credit card credit bills, card payments, whatever. Other bills, you know, you, how you charge. In, they in look terms at of rent. Um, they'll, they'll look at rent. Yeah. So rent will be included in okay. that as well. And then they will subtract that. So they'll divide it. Yeah. So they'll take your annual income, divide it by the, um, your total expenses. And then you never want to really exceed 26 28% on the debt to income. Okay. So, so where do I get 36%? Why do I remember that number? You're saying that they that now twenty six. So twenty six is usually on the front end, and then so there's a front end where they only take pretty much your your total income divided by your monthly housing expense, and then there's a back end where they take your total income and they divide it by your total expenses, including your monthly housing expense, and that you you're allowed up to around thirty six, thirty eight percent. Right. 
So then that's basically, basically, you don't want to exceed 36, 37% Correct. around there. That's with everything included. That's everything all your included. Debts. All your debts. And again, if you know that you're going to be looking for a property and you're at that point, don't go, don't go buy another new car. Okay, or, oh. or you know, don't kind of don't open a new credit card. Don't yeah. open up a new credit card. Exactly. Okay, but that's the second thing they're going to judge you on: um, loan debt to income. The third thing is loan to value. Um, so loan to value is basically how much you put down, right? So let's say you're buying a property for argument's sake, it's a hundred thousand dollars. You put twenty percent down. Your loan to value is actually eighty percent. Okay, so what they're going to look at, so that also has to do with the the the. How much, the, the higher, the more you put down, the less, the, less the, the bigger. The loan to value will become. The, well, yeah, the less the loans will be valued. So if you're not great with your credit and you are not putting any money down <laughs> to speak of, it might be very tough So to get, okay, because they say you can get credit, you can get up, to, you can get 95% financing. Definitely. Okay, which you can ace, but then mm-hmm. the loan to value has to be. So if it's if it's ninety five percent financing, then your credit has to be strong. So they'll they'll allow you to have a really high loan to value where you can only put five um, percent down. Which Fannie has a product called ninety five percent financing. Um, but you know what comes with that is really good credit and really strong reserves, meaning you have to have a little bit of cash in the bank. To make sure that but you that have is why you should call Ace because you really there's a lot of different vehicles out yeah. there, so you know tremendous uh, amount tremendous and some of them are good for certain people, not good for others. There's no you know one size fits mm-hmm. all, and you might be just knowing you know what the ra- the average person knows the regular the conventional you know that there, and there's so many products that they, you might be missing something that could really help you buy something that you don't think you could buy. Or really not have a lot of money and have good credit. But that's why at the end of the day, the credit is so important. So important. Okay. It's really so important. Now, if you're in a condo or a co-op, the share of home purchase loans secured by the condominium or co-op. I mean, I mean, maybe that we should save that topic. That's mm-hmm. kind of a long um, X, I don't know if we're going to have the time to go through it, but maybe you could give people a quick so, summary because so, if so they're not similar, living in the city and they're going to buy a co-op or a condo, you you, so, you have to go through a whole process. So you always have to see if the collateral is approved by the bank, meaning uh, – and what Dottie's talking about is the investor-concentrated uh, percentage in a, um, in a condo or a co-op. Usually it will make it what we call non-warrantable here. Um, so it's just not Fannie approved. So meaning yeah, but if that there's... doesn't mean anything to me. If yeah. I'm, not, I'm not understanding that. <laughs> I mean, I understand what it is, but let's explain to the. So so so, so now so... somebody's buying a co-op, which is shares in a corporation or a, a condo, which is real estate. But they want to see the bank wants to see first of all that there's a percentage of owner occupied units. They want to see that. Yes, that, uh, and the higher the better that people own because Correct. the bank is taking a risk, let's just say, mm-hmm. which had happened in Florida years and years ago, where these new developments went up. A lot of people were investors and really did not live there. Exactly. Okay, and then when we went into recession, if I would say if we were an investor, they put money down. They didn't live there, mm-hmm. so they just flew the coop and they just didn't pay. And, That's it. And they plus, walked away. Yeah. They walked away. And they walked away. So... And you want to be in a building that people live in. Um, so they look at how many people are investors, meaning that they actually live there. Correct. Correct? Correct. Okay. So that's a good thing. Um, 
And if they find so, – so if you're buying a co-op or a condo in New York City, you need to check and with ACE or somebody at Douglas Elliman, and you need to find out if the co-op or condo is – So basically um, it can't be more than 35% investor concentrated. Um, you want to really look at the financials if you're looking at a condo or I co-op. understand, but the agent can do that for you. So the yes, question the you have to ask – what I'm trying to say is – Look, if I'm from Long Island, which I was, mm-hmm. I, if I've never bought real estate in New York City, uh-huh. or I, you know, when I grew up someplace else, I just know about a regular house mortgage. Yes. Okay, I don't really know that in a condo or a co-op, mm-hmm. I don't know all that drive. And maybe we could talk a little about that next week because I'm not going to get it done in eight hours. But I think what happens in the city, people get immune to the fact. That, and because I wasn't born in the city, I was born in Long Island. I came to the city, and it was. 15 years ago, and I, I was like, okay, wait a second. I knew single-family homes. I knew rentals. Oh, I knew, knew, But I didn't know how co-ops and condos actually there's some, but there's really not a lot, yeah. and the ones that they do have on, in the suburbs are a lot easier. I think that's why it's important to work with a really good realtor. Um, to really guide you as to, you know... But you is, can't get mortgages on certain buildings. Exactly, that's So the thing that you want to talk to your realtor about mm-hmm. when you're going to look at something, is this business financeable? Correct. Is this, is this apartment that I'm looking at, this co-op or condo, financeable? And that's where I say you can call Ace or somebody at Douglas Elliman or, you know, because that's one thing Citizens Bank has done a great job for us. And they really go through all the buildings to make sure they're financeable mm-hmm. because you want to know that if you're selling your apartment, because if a bank's not going to finance it, you're going to have a problem unless you get all cash. And you certainly want to know that if you're going to look at an apartment, because if, if, if a bank won't finance it, then... You'll have to get yeah, cash. Yeah, we, we have a condo um, approval list database and a co-op database. So if you're ever wondering, you know, whether that building is approved or not, just give us a call. Yeah, and I think maybe we could, you know, explain that a little bit. I think we're going to be out of time. So uh, as I want to say, everyone stay warm because I hear it's going to get cold again. Um, but, I, but, I, but at least it's sunny. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.